What's up, cold weather bats people? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com. They sponsor the show. I got a glowing review about Great Lakes the other day. I got a call from Evan Petrovicius, my buddy, head coach at Riverview High School. He calls me up. He says, Brandon, it took me 20 minutes. I ordered five custom fungals within days they were shipped, and I think by tomorrow they'll all already be there. Be like Evan. Order your staff some custom fungos and get them within days from greatlakesbatco.com. Welcome in to another brand new episode of Cold Weather Bats. This is episode lucky number 13 for those of you baseball superstitious folks listening. We can cross-platform superstitions here on the show. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. I'm Brian Sikowski, one of your co-hosts, joined as always by Brandon Justice. Say hi to the folks, Brandon. Hello. And we sit here now six days before the official start of Michigan High School Baseball. Um, I think I did that counting right because we're recording two days before it goes. You, you know, and I'm on the West Coast anyway, so time's meaningless. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, we're getting awful damn close. Is is the point I wanted to get across there, Brandon? How excited are you? Well, you can tell. You can tell. You can walk outside, and you can feel that it is no longer that brutal, crisp dry, cold, sometimes wet, weathery Michigan anymore. It is it is spring. We are on the brink of baseball season here. It feels like cold weather bats, just a little less cold than usual at this time, I think. And we may luck into the silver linings of the pushback being that we won't have to play maybe in snow, which is great. Uh, and we are... I think that we can all agree that we're just simply thankful and grateful to be in the spot that we are to be able to uh, kind of go about baseball season this year, given last year's events. But I think more than more than anything, the silver linings of the pushback have to be the weather. And the weather this past week has been nothing short of just fantastic. And if this is the weather that's going to translate towards the season, then it's going to be a great year weather-wise. Uh, as far as records go and all of that, uh, many things are left to be seen, and that is just the fun times of speculation. You haven't seen anybody play in two years. I mean, this guy seems good. This guy seems good. I heard that guy's there, and this guy's good. But, I mean, hey, we're about to find out. This is where the fort kind of meets the road. This is where we don't have to watch BP videos anymore. This is when pitches meet bats or mitts, depending on the batter and the pitcher and the call. It's the game of inches, baby. It's a beautiful time. That message is brought to you by Great Lakes Bat Company. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get philosophical on the people real quick just because, I mean, hey, like, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I can speak for myself when I say this is incredible. I don't care if we are in a blizzard first game. Uh, honestly, it seems like we're going to be in a pretty good spot weather-wise right now, but I'm just thankful to be. I'm just thankful to go back out there and play some high school baseball. I mean, we just you know missing that for a whole year. I I know for you, it's you've talked about it plenty of times, right? So it's it's one of those things where I'm just extremely 
appreciative uh, that we get to be here because there were times where it looked really bleak, you know, and there was that one episode, what, three or four weeks, nah, probably a couple more weeks ago than that, where we were like, hey, you know, I know basketball shut down, but we're still pretty optimistic about baseball. But, yeah. you know, in the back of your head, you're like, but, you know, what if, like, what if this, I mean, how many times have we said, oh, that's not going to happen? And then it does happen, right? So it's always kind of been in the back of our minds. And unfortunately, even a week out, it still kind of is, but, you know, it seems a lot more real at this point. It seems like, uh, seems like it's about that time. It certainly feels like it's about that time. So I'm just grateful and, and uh, really excited for the year. thought I was listening to a Robert Frost poetry reading for a second there, but no, I'm glad we, we came back to earth. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'll echo your thoughts. Like, I'm just super excited to get back out there, super excited to go to work and, and get better as a club. And, and we're going to hit the, hit the ground running. You know, like our first league doubleheader is Saturday you know, season starts Monday. We've got to get through tryouts, maybe have a practice or two, and we're going to go right to Catholic Central and play a league doubleheader. Um, so I, I know the guys are excited. I know they're ready to go. I know Matt's ready to go. I, I, I'm excited. Um, but, yeah, man, like, it, it's just, you're right, dude. Like, the weather's been so good. It's just, the Midwest absolutely leads the country in, like, cold that is, like, wet, but also somehow super dry. Uh, and I'm sure there's, like, a, you know, weather term for that, that I don't know. Uh, but yeah, anyways, was catching up on a couple of your points there. Uh, moving on, move, moving on, uh, a little bit of housekeeping before we dive in. Um, obviously follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at cold weather bats. Uh, you will see on both social media platforms in the pinned tweet and otherwise on Instagram that we're selling hats via great lakes bat company. Please buy a hat. We think they're pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get some, and our loved ones are going to get some, regardless of blackmail or otherwise. Uh, but yeah, please buy a hat. It's a dope way to support the show. Helps us pay our dope pro- uh, producer, James, and helps us uh, kind of continually tinker with and upgrade the technology of, uh, of the show. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Next week, we are going to drop the first ed- edition of the Cold Weather Bats Super 25, uh, which is the poll we've been talking about for weeks now. We're going to rank the top 25 Michigan high school baseball teams uh, biweekly, we think, throughout the course of the season. Regardless of classification, we're doing it with uh, the input of coaches around the state, though we would like more. Please slide in our DMs if you're interested in that. Uh, coaches across the state. Um, but yeah, we're pretty excited about that. We're going to put that out. Uh, we're going to do some stuff with obviously highlighting players and coaches and teams in general throughout the course of the season. We're excited to to get to that stuff at, in later episodes. Um, but with that being said, Brandon, did I miss anything? I think that we each play a very clear role in each episode, and this episode is I am the color commentator and you are the play-by-play so far, (laughs) and we are playing these roles to a T because you didn't miss anything. You covered the whole thing, and I'm here to be Bill Walton for a moment to kind of throw everybody off, but keep them on their toes. You're my Dennis Rodman, man. Essentially. Okay, well, moving into a more uh, democratic topic, rather than me reading off off the the church news bullets and announcements of the show. Uh, we're Brandon and I are, are pleased and blessed to announce that we will be uh, giving you our picks for state champions this pleased year. And blessed. <laughs> what? I, I can't tweet an offer. Oh um, my God. 
anyways, yeah. So we're we're just gonna. There's no like suspense to this. We're just going to read them off. Um, yeah, we we each picked uh, the four classification state champions. Our preseason picks. Uh, this has as much or as little to do with the team draft of a couple weeks ago as you choose to believe it does. Uh, I didn't really think about that at all. Brandon may have. I don't know. Um, we are going to agree on a couple and disagree on a couple. But uh, with that being said, Brandon, do you want to work from the bottom up? Absolutely. Uh, we will start in Division 4. It's a very uh, – it's a division every year where you – it's very interchangeable from uh, the first, I would say, 15 teams, 10 teams usually. Uh, and there's a few teams uh, down in D4 that kind of caught my eye. Most notably, Three Oaks River Valley, whose uh, school name I am remembering very well these days. Uh, if you listen to that episode, a little callback as I forgot how to say it at one point, just because there's so many words and such a little time there. Uh, I am going to go with Cardinal Mooney here. Uh, I know I drafted Three Oaks River Valley in my uh, team draft, and I continue to like their schedule from a scoring standpoint. Uh, however, Cardinal Mooney, I think, has the tools to make a run. I think they have the coaching. Uh, Mike Rice, the head coach at Cardinal Mooney, to make a run. And I believe that they have done a very good job during the offseason. Not to say that other schools haven't, but I think Cardinal Mooney has done an especially good job during uh, quarantine and during the offseason to keep the team uh, communicating and keep a you know a standing um, chemistry there, whether it be virtually or what have you. Uh, and I think that's a really integral part of the process this year is keeping your team in tune with each other because uh, I'm sure there, unfortunately, are some coaches out there who might be first-year head coaches at their school and maybe they don't have the same participation as some schools do. So there's probably been a challenge there in trying to build some team chemistry without there being much like team-to-coach contact outside of four-mans and and what have you. So I think they've done a good job there from a virtual standpoint. So I'm going to go with Cardinal Mooney. Uh, and that's my pick. I think they got a really good player in Trent Rice there. I think he's a kid who's probably, he's going to play at the next level for sure. And I think he's someone that's going to um, do things in all phases, steal a lot of bags, hit the ball really well, play really well in center. So, uh, yeah. And I'm not going to pretend that I can add more to that than Brandon did. My pick is, my pick is also Cardinal Mooney. Um, CHSL represent and Brandon and I agree on division four. If you wanted me to talk more about that pick, just rewind and listen to what Brandon said. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was like looking at the notes I had of points I wanted to make and like checking them off as you went. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. Yeah. Cardinal Mooney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that uh, Agreed. (laughs) Well, you know, on that note, I'll let you take us into Division Three. I think we're, if not on the same page, on a similar page here. So I'll let you segue us into D3 here. All right, that's very fair of you. It's like a serpentine draft. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, what are those my like? D th- <laughs> we have no experience. Um, my D3 pick is Leggett. I think that that's a um, – none of these things are slam dunks, but, like, I think Leggett is – if if – odds were laid would be a relatively heavy favorite um, to win in D3. I think their roster's uber talented. Uh, I've seen a bunch of those kids play in summer ball over the years. It's um, every time I like, it's gotten to the point now where like 
uh, every time a, a 2025 from the state of Michigan comes across like my my radar as I'm scouting, or if I'm at an event, or maybe one of the the PG scouts texts me about a kid's name, whatever. Um, my immediate thought is like, oh, he's probably going to leg it, uh, and that's just a the, the a testament to what they're doing there, what Coach Dan Samini's built. Um, I yes, to make a long story short, I will be taking Liggett and their extraordinarily talented, albeit very young roster. I like the point you made there in the end. It is a very young roster, uh, but the reason that segue into D three after that D four common denominator pick there was for obvious reasons. Uh, we both have Liggett here. I think Division four is a little bit more wide open, and Cardinal, if Cardinal Mooney weren't to win Division four, I'd be less surprised than if Liggett weren't to win Division three. And I think that has a lot to do with the experience at the helm. You know, Dan Smini has been there. He knows what it's like to make these runs. This isn't some sort of, oh, they have a good roster this year. They've had a good roster for many years, and they've done a lot of things continuously, and there's been a ton of continuity there. Uh, And Dan, credit to him, has done mostly all of it sort of on his own. Um, You know, he's had some help along the way, but he's really uh, the driving force there. And uh, I think that continues in 2021 because I think he has, if not his best team, I'm pretty sure it's his best team, but if not his best team, it's one of his best teams by far. Uh, They have a a ton to work with on the mound defensively and offensively. There's not really much more you can ask for, and they have a ton of speed. Uh, Young, yes, young, um, but when you're young and you have a, a coach who um, has has some serious experience and success and proven success and a proven system, I think those two things will blend together well. So I mean, I'll agree with you on like it. And like that's not to say that like there are no challengers in right. Division no, Three. No. Like that would be absurd. I, I think that you know again this is a callback to the team draft we did with uh, Dan Greisbaum Jr. Um, we we each picked like several D three schools that we thought were going to have really good years. You know, like at Blissfield, I think uh, Riverview GR, obviously, I, I think Homer. Uh, they were number two in the MHSBCA preseason poll. Like, I think obviously that's a really good club too. Uh, Detroit Edison's going to be really good. Buchanan's going to be good. Like these are these are not. It's not like D three is just this pushover. I didn't want to make it sound like that or anything. Those are all really really good clubs that uh, Liggett's going to have to wade through. The, but we just we just think that they have the depth to do so. And not to mention, uh, I this is a team that I was really close to drafting. That's in Division Three. They're actually preseason ranked third in the state, I believe. Let me double check here. Yeah, third, Richmond. I mean, they got Hudson Davenport. They've got Hitzelberger, who's a lefty up to like 87, 86, legitimately, uh, and a couple other guys who are going to throw on the mound. I think in like that low 80s mark. Um, so I think Richmond's a team that could do that too. But again, got to go with Liggett. Um, for all those reasons we both agreed on. Now, moving on up to to Division Two, Brian, we did not communicate who wants to handle this. Uh, I assume assume you want me to, just to keep the integrity of the show at a nice, comfortable pace. Sure. Yeah. Who are you going to pick? I am going to go with in Division Two, Orchard Lake, St. Mary's. If you haven't heard, Brian Coach is there. And they are good. They are a they are a good baseball team, a good baseball program. But in all seriousness, Matt Petrie has built that uh, powerhouse there, and they continue to be a, uh, the best team in the state overall uh, preseason this year. And I believe that will translate into the regular season because a big thing 
and I don't know if you agree with me on this. I'm sure you do in this case, maybe not in from like a wider, more macro look at it. But if you have a next man up system where your depth is like not a problem and your starting lineup can go from like A to AB with an injury or with maybe somebody who's slowing down or whatever it may be, that's a that's that's an extremely important thing to have when you're in a division as competitive as D2 because the lineup and the rotation that I see right in front of me day one is, and this isn't specific to Orchard Lake, it's not always what you're going to see, you know, day 50, 60, whatever, um, because of what we said, because of struggles, maybe just not performing to the level that they did before, or expectations, uh, injury, or whatever it may be, right? A, a lot of extremities can come about, right? Orchard Lake just has depth, man. I mean, you guys, there's three catchers that are starters pretty much anywhere else. I mean, most places in the state, most places. Uh, you've got draft prospects at both corners, or I'm sorry, not both corners, at the middle and then in the corner. I mean, Nolan at first and then uh, Alex at short. And then you have one on the mound and Porter. Uh, you know, it's just never, it doesn't really, I'm sure I'm missing something too, right? Like it just doesn't really end. Like Ike will probably end up being one of those guys with that bat he has maybe after Auburn, but, or maybe now, I don't know. I don't even pay attention to that stuff. But all I know is that's, that team is uber to, like you said about Liggett, I'll, I'll repeat it about St. Mary's uber talented and it's not just talented at the top. It's got a whole crop. So if something goes wrong with a guy, B guy is going to come in and probably perform just as well, if not better. You know, so I think that's the biggest advantage that St. Mary's has is they their depth is absolutely re- ludicrous. So, so St. Mary's is my pick. And for the shake, the sake of uh, show integrity, moving on to Division <laughs> One. <laughs> oh come on, drop a fair? line, drop a line. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Like it seems, it sounds absurd to say like I would pick us too. You know, like I'm not, like I, I'm. I'm optimistic about the uh, potential end game of our club, given the collection of talent that it possesses. There you go. Next question. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Division one. Anyways. <laughs> and for those of you at home saying this is boring as hell, they just keep agreeing with each other. Boy, do we have something for you because we're going to disagree in division one. Um, we were talking about this pre-show, like texting about, so who are you picking? So-and-so. And, you know, then we all of a sudden came to the realization of like, oh, we're going to have three of the same four. OK, well, this is not great radio. Uh, but anyways, we're going to we're going to disagree here and, and we can we can have a little bit of crosstalk about it. That's exciting. Uh, Brandon, I will let you go first again. I'm still really split on who I want to pick. And I was really hoping you were going to go first because I was going to hope that you didn't pick one of the ones I wanted. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. But I just want you to know. Oh, you said you too? Yeah. That's just show chemistry. That's just cold weather bass chemistry. We're not going to have the same guy. We're not going to have the same guy. Go ahead. Division one is the most up in the air division. And it's not particular. It's not particularly close. How how much more up in the air this division is than others, and that is not a credit to, or that's not a point to three and four being so up in the air, or not being up in the air at all. It's a point to Division One being that up in the air, like one through twenty, minus maybe one or two on this list of the MHSBCA poll. One of those twenty plus, not to mention who's not ranked in, in those tw- in those top twenty, some teams that could make a run, most definitely. The list is long. I I really, I'm going to go, 
I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Gross Point North. Yeah, I look at you. Okay, this is a growth moment. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I gotta be honest. I gotta be real. Uh, I really, 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 really was inches away from Porter Central, who I really, really think is going to be in the final or like something close to that. Luke Lido, Zach McDonald, plenty of other dudes out there that are really good. Uh, I don't know enough about their pitching staff. And I might be like catastrophically wrong about how good or bad it might be. I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, I trust their pitching. And then their pitching just not be any, like they have four freshmen. Or I'm like, hey, I'm going to bet on their pitching being at least okay because they have great offense. But I don't think that's going to play in the tournament. Like I can't sit here and honestly say that the offense will make up for no pitching. It's just, I don't think that's going to happen. And conversely, Gross Point North answers every question and checks every box from a pitching standpoint. And I think that there is a growing understanding of the potential for this team to make that that run. Gross Point North was... Really good two years ago in 2019. They won like 32 games or something along those lines. And the team was not as good as this team is. Not even I don't even think it was particularly close. I think this team is far and away the best team North's had in a long time. Uh, and that talent is deep. And you know what? Like I talk to people on South staff like Dan Jr. And like he'll agree with you 110%. That team is extremely good. We're not going to sit here and pretend they're not good. Uh, and... The arms they have are ridiculous. They have what four, three lefties above eighty-five. Mm-hmm. Nick Goods coming into Bowling Green, and then you have Brennan Hill, who might be the ace overall. I mean, no discredit to Nick Good, more so Brennan Hill is very good and has one of the nastiest curveballs, uh, not only in his class but probably in the state. And then Drew Hill, his older brother, is right below him. Uh, who knows? He might be above him or below. I'm not going to pick the rotation for him, but Drew Hill's right there, and he's a guy up to 84 with the nasty curveball. Those two guys can, all three of those guys, Nick Good, Drew Hill, Brennan Hill, can pitch their butts off. And then Jordan Arsenault, just like nonchalantly a heavy fastball throwing righty, big body with a nasty breaking slider. Like he's probably a guy who could be a candidate for the one and two, too. It's just that team is so deep. And then they had another kid, I can't remember his name, but that's five dudes right there who could go be ones or twos, probably on any other team in that division they play in or our division, quite honestly. Uh, so hard to not go with North. I think the offense will be good too. Uh, Drew Hill, Cam Schaefer, Brennan Hill. All those guys are going to hit pretty well. Arguably, arguably one of them might mash. I won't name names. Arguably, one of them might mash. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think I'm going to go there because the arms, bro. I mean, we I, what we just had Micah. Micah is on the show later today. Micah Ottenbright. He talks about how Trenton's run to the semifinal two years ago was pretty much entirely pitching induced because they had. He and Kyle Ritchie kind of go back and forth. They only had three pitchers that could really under, uh, you know, really um, maintain a playoff game appearance. Is kind of how he put it, and that's how they made that run. If you have five arms, six, like probably six. I'm talking about the five I know, let alone the one that I don't. If you can roll out five, six, seven other guys in a playoff game, goodness gracious, yeah. So that's where I'm at. You know, Port of Central, Grand Ledge, Brother Rice, Brother Rice was right there for me too. I think John Locker will be great for them. So that those were the schools I was thinking about. Um, but I will, I will go with North. Um, but gun to head, I'd love to win personally. I'd love for South to win. That's just me. <laughs> well, yeah, that's only fair. 
You know, like that that's a fair comment. I think everybody involved would be would call that fair. Um yeah, man, I you mentioned a bunch of like what my short list ended up being. Like North was on my short list for sure. Brother Rice was on my short list for sure. Um, oh, you're not going Kevin, with Rice. I'm not going with Rice. Oh, I'm not going with Rice. Interesting. I thought I, about I thought about doing the old CHSL sweep. Yeah. With I know you, know, you more Mooney, than thought about it. You were visualizing it. Yeah, Mooney, Liggett, St. Mary's, and uh, Rice. Like thought about calling a sweep for the the Catholic League, but no, man. Rice was I, Rice probably finished number two in my head in my in this imaginary race that we're talking about. Um, I'm gonna go with Grand Blank. Ah, I think that as we've seen and as Micah tells us later, like pitching can take you a long way. The David Lally um, special. And Lally is an ace, man. Like he's really good. He's going to be really, really good in Michigan high school baseball. Like aside from what you believe his upside is at Notre Dame or as a pro or, or whatever, et cetera, like that dude is not going to get touched a whole lot in Michigan high school baseball. And that's what we're talking about. Like that's the scope through which we have to view this. Um, he's really good. I, I've seen some of their guys recently. They've come to some events I, I happen to be scouting at. Um, it looks like a pretty good club. Obviously, I haven't seen the whole damn team, but one can extrapolate. Um, yeah, man. I, I just I think pitching can take you a long way as long as you have solid players behind it and they look to have that combination. And um, like you said, man, I, Rice, I think Catholic Central is a really good club. Uh, I think that North is a really good club. You mentioned Portage Central. I, we have, we didn't even talk about uh, Brighton, who who was number one in the preseason poll to begin with. Um, stories, yeah, there, man. man. He's gonna he's gonna chuck. It's really good. Like I just saw a tweet two days ago, or whatever. It was really good uh, at a, at a tournament down in North Carolina, playing with Wow Factor and a little preseason stuff. Um, yeah, man. I, it's it's good. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like we said this whole time, like this this whole thing can can go any any which way. Um, it is quite literally a toss up in Division One. I, I think I can't sit here and confident. If I had to put any like if there was collateral for this pick, I'd opt out. Like if there, if there was like a must like put down like oh if if you get this wrong you're gonna lose whatever my wallet my watch whatever. I don't really own a watch. It's an Apple watch, but it's not special. Uh, I wouldn't do it because I have like my confidence levels is kind of low. Like it's just my pick, right? If I, you know, if I had to pick, that's what I'm going with. But like you said, there's just so many good teams in division one. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, that, that pick is completely fair. You know, we talk about the importance of pitching and Lally's probably, I don't know. It depends how you view him against locker really, but he's probably one of, if not the best, one of the two best uh, pitchers in that division. So, it's probably going to take them a long way because of that. And not to mention he can hit too, like we've talked about on the, on the episode before. And, you know, that always helps. So yeah, grand blank, completely fair. I think some other teams that could make a run, uh, you know, Micah talks about it. Trenton's a team that could make a run, but they've, they'd run into St. Mary's. They'd run into a couple good teams, uh, GRCC. They'd run into probably grand ledge, like one of those teams who are pretty good and that would compete pretty well with them but uh they're they're very capable of making a run to uh msu um and then you have a few other teams out there that that are going to at the very least compete in the other divisions whether it be with liggett uh with mary's or with one of the schools in division one and i think that i talked about richmond and that's a team that continues to um 
pop up in my head as a team that could surprise some people this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's all there's, like we said, man, there's all kinds of schools. Blissfield is a school like that as well. Um, so, and you never know, Billy Mitchell's Rudyard, you know, he's the funder. I hope that the, the run, the run fundraising thing is a manifestation. You never know. So Billy Mitchell squad or one of the schools up there in the UP can make a nice little run there. Kind of as, you know, kind of like Escanaba when it makes a run in the hockey finals, you know, you just, there's a bunch of things that could happen. It's baseball. That's the beauty of it. I, I oh, I guess I'm going now. I, I sorry. I, I had grown transfixed by the, the portrait you were painting for us there. Um, just because yeah, I, <laughs> I have to be the artsy one of the show. It's, it's a yin and a yank. You're, you're the straight shooter and I am the paint brusher. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, again, we are going to, uh, well, I guess we should recap who we took though. There weren't that many. Um, anyways, in D one, I took grant blank in D two. I took St. Mary's in D three. I took Liggett and in D four, I took Cardinal Mooney. Brandon also took Mooney in D four. Brandon also took Liggett in D three. Brandon took St. Mary's in D two. And then Brandon and I disagreed in D1 where he took Gross Point North as a quick little recap. Um, yeah, I like our picks, man. I think uh, I think we might know a little bit, but we, we don't know too much. That's for sure. We know a little, but not too much. We have a pretty good understanding of what to expect, but we truly have no idea what's going to happen um, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So, But it'll be fun. And I think that... Again, before we go into our interview for the day, uh, I think that it's important to look back on what we set out to be back in, what was that, December or November when we started it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're at that point now where we are about to be able to really shine that light on Michigan baseball. We've done a good job, I think, as a, from a preseason's perspective. But when the season gets going, that's when it's really going to get fun, man. That's when this show becomes like, okay, hey, this is what happened. And like, look at, look at that. Look at this. And like, if a team has some, if a team is shockingly great, it'll be great to follow that team, you know, kind of like a little Cinderella story type thing. If there's a team out there that, um, you know, is unexpected, that's going to make a big run or uh, whatever it may be, man, there's just all kinds of things that can present themselves this year in this season. It doesn't have to just be speculation. It's not like you and I have to text back and forth. Like, Hmm, what could we possibly like spin this week? Like, what could we do Mm -hmm. this week? Right. It becomes like, okay, well, this school beat that school. That's pretty sweet. Let's get that coach. Or this school beat that school. Like, hey, let's talk about that. It'll be great. And to any coaches listening or players listening, we fully plan on each week hopefully having like interviews to talk not just about like, oh, what have you done this winter? Like, you know, what's your philosophy? But also like, hey, talk about that game yesterday or whatever day it was. And, you know, you're looking forward to this matchup. Your team's whatever. Your team's doing this. Your team's doing that. Or this guy's doing this. It'll be good to just actually kind of be in the uh, – the actual space where we can discuss what happened, not what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's just going to, it's this, this show is going to get cooler once the, you know, once baseball start flying, you know, I, I think that's the same for any show talking about any level of baseball across any media platform you choose to uh, think about. But anyways, um, let's let us jump into our Micah Ottenbright interview uh, Trenton High School ace, noted downriver in like Brandon and myself, uh, committed to Michigan State. He is a draft prospect, uh, per every publication 
that's relevant that I'm aware of, um, and is in line for Big Spring. And we hear from him next here on Cold Weather Bats. Welcome into this week's player interview on Cold Weather Bats. This week we go down to Trenton and we talk with Micah Ottenbright, right-handed pitcher committed to Michigan State. Uh, has some has a pretty substantial future ahead of him based on his current stature. Uh, known the kid for quite a while. I remember when I first saw Micah. I don't know if you're as lanky as you first were uh, at one point, it was a two by four comparison at this point. It might yeah. be like a four by six. We'll see. We'll see how things keep going. Uh, but Micah, yeah, sure. really happy to have you on. Obviously we have a pretty good understanding of each other. So it's always fun to interview someone, you know, uh, previously. So how has everything uh-huh. been going for you this winter? Obviously we're right here, you know, we're two weeks away from uh, tryouts and ready to get going. So what should we expect out of you this year based on your winter? Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's, um, I listen to all you guys' podcasts. Uh, all of them are awesome. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I know this season I'm, uh, I'm just, I just want to come out and uh, help my team win games. Uh, first and foremost, uh, my main goal, uh, and our, our whole team's main goal is to win a state championship. So, uh, you know, that's going to be at the forefront of our season for sure. So obviously you guys two years ago made a very, uh, historic run for Trenton. It had been a while since you guys had gotten that deep, making that final four run. Uh, and you were at the forefront of that, along with, at the time, Kyle Ritchie, who was the other arm that was very active that year. Take us through mm-hmm. what what went through that run and what went into uh, taking a team that hadn't been there in a while and kind of leading the charge there to get them towards uh, towards the state title. Yeah, so, um, you know, Trenton has um, a great coach and uh, Coach Zalka. Um, you know, he really, um, he knows how to coach the game and dissect the game. And, um, he really, um, focuses on the little things to, um, you know, help win ball games. Um, you know, I think what helped is we had our pitching staff, we had two starters, um, and a reliever, one reliever. So, um, with the way the games were set up, you know, um, our starters had enough time to rest, um, with the pitch count rules and, uh, uh, pitch every other game, which helped. And then I think one through one through four, we were, um, we had very good hitters for sure. So um, I think that's what definitely helped us make a run. Micah, to go back towards you personally here, just like from a player development perspective, from a draft perspective, which is, you know, kind of the lens through which I've seen you pitch over the years. uh, Saw you last summer at PG National, saw you at Jupiter, you know, kind of a difference between the two guys. What do you think you've uh, you've mainly focused on in the offseason heading into this spring? What were you really hammering? Yeah, I mean, I think putting weight on has, has definitely helped me. Um, definitely in my in my lower half, um, specifically. Um, I've been been able to repeat my mechanics a lot more and um, definitely helped with um, the fastball uh, command. And uh, I think at the PG National, uh, my fastball command was um, a lot better than down in Jupiter, Jupiter got away from me a little bit. So that's definitely been at the forefront of uh, my training. When it comes to pitch design, obviously that's something that is extremely important nowadays and is really one of the driving factors in how the game is continuing to evolve. And that's happened over the years. And obviously there's all kinds of names out there, whether it's, uh, you know, driveline or Trevor Bauer or what have you. Uh, What 
inspired you and what are some pitchers or who are some pitchers I should say that you kind of like to maybe not model your game after, but pick apart some of their habits and put them into yours and maybe sprinkle your flavor on them. Yeah. Um, I think the first guy that pops in my head is Jacob DeGrom. Um, I think we have similar body types and I, I, I think I have potential to get to my stuff to where he's at. Um, there's a long way to go, but, uh, definitely, um, one of my goals is to, um, you know, become, uh, become like him for sure. Do you find that uh, it's been easy? I guess this is an interesting question. Have you found that it's been easier for you to gain velocity or make your secondary pitches better as you've kind of blossomed from the skinny kid who could kind of throw hard into now more of a complete prospect? Yeah, I, that's a great question, I think. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, most people would think that getting stronger, um, you're, it, the, the velocity is going to be at the forefront of that. Um, where with me, um, I don't know how it is with other people. That's just, it wasn't the case for me. Um, it's what's helped me is, uh, being able to command my off speed and have, um, a better feel through my mechanics to, um, locate and put those pitches where I want them. Um, and also, you know, fastball command as well. And, uh, velocity, um, definitely comes along with strength too for me, but, uh, I think that the command and, the um, the ability to, the ability to, like, I guess, repeat my mechanics is is a, definitely the best thing. So, from a high school perspective, obviously, we well, here, here's the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is quite obvious. Like, you're, you're going to be uh, a prospect this year at the next level, and that's going to be a decision you're have, going to have to make at some point. And we will we will get there uh, in this interview. But for now, I want to kind of take the wheels off there and kind of put you back into where you started with Trenton and a little bit about your origins. Obviously you played some travel ball and I keep saying, obviously I just want to make sure everyone knows I'm, I understand. I keep saying that Uh, it's just a habit. So uh, you played for your uncle for a while with doing travel ball Uh, when, Mm -hmm. and I know that the story about hockey is extremely interesting to me. And I think it would be really nice for the listeners to just kind of take us through uh, your evolution from I'm going to be very good at hockey for a long time to, Oh wait, now I'm going to be very good at baseball for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's definitely one heck of a story. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, first and foremost, um, I think it's, it's, um, I thank God for taking me on this journey and this, this crazy, um, I guess turn that I had to make in my, in my path for sure. Um, you know, I played hockey growing up my entire life. Uh, ever since I could walk, I was skating, Um, I always played baseball my entire life as well, but, um, hockey was at the forefront. We, um, I played it 10, 11 months out of the year. Um, and baseball was kind of just a side thing. We played city ball. Um, yeah, but, uh, hockey, I, um, you know, my goal was to, you know, play at Michigan state and then go play in the NHL. So, um, you know, I played with some of the top kids in North America and I feel like, um, you know, as a hockey player, you have to have competitiveness or else you're going to get eaten alive. And, um, I, I think that that has definitely translated over to baseball. Um, I think I have a really competitive drive and, um, I'm, I'm really gritty on the mound. Um, but come around to my, um, freshman year, um, fall of my freshman year, uh, I decided that, um, I no longer wanted to play hockey. Uh, I guess it was, um, it was a combination of things. I, um, I felt like I was better at baseball. I felt like I liked baseball more. I enjoyed it more. Uh, I felt like hockey was becoming more of a job sort of thing. I felt like it was, um, 
I guess not as fun to play anymore. Um, so yeah, I decided to, um, pick up baseball and, uh, you know, it just took off from there. Take us through your mentality on the mound when you're out there. Like, what is your general plan of attack? Are you are you trying to get guys out with your fastball right away? Are you are you trying to show the whole thing early on? Get just kind of give us your your perspective just against an average team with average hitters. You know, like what are you trying to do? Yeah. So um, first inning, um, go out there and shove fastballs. Um, I'm, my goal, my first inning, is to get out of the inning with all fastballs and not throw any off speed um and just just overpower the team i guess uh you know second inning um comes around um i'll probably mix in a little bit of off speed but again still mainly fastballs um and then i think the second time around the order third time around the order i'll definitely um start pitching backwards i feel like that's the part of my game that i do best is pitch backwards um so from there on out, I try to, um, I try to mix it up. Um, I guess more, more fastballs towards the end of the game, just to, um, just for pitch count sake. But, um, yeah, that's what I do pretty much. So on that note, over the past year, two years, uh, around there, you've spent a lot of time playing out of state and a lot of time playing against, um, you know, different competition than what you had seen in Michigan, whether that be good or bad, uh, albeit different. Talk about the contrasts in between those two and what it was like going down south, like that first time you pitched down south, uh, and just kind of compare what it's like pitching down there in comparison to up here. Yeah, um, up here in Michigan, um, you know, you can uh, you can overpower guys and um, – I guess I was able to strike out kids when I wanted to strike them out. Um, whereas down South at these big, uh, these big venues with, um, high level competition, there's, um, you're not going to strike everybody out. So you have to find ways to make weak contact and, um, get guys out other than, um, you know, overpowering them. Can you, uh, can you think of who were some of the toughest hitters you've had to face kind of in your, in your career on the circuit, that travel ball scene? Um, yeah, I think the toughest hitter I've faced um, for sure had to be Josh Bias. I've only faced him one time, but I think the the um, the barrel control and the power power combination that he shows um, it's just it's really hard for a pitcher um, because if he makes contact with the ball, he's going to hit it hard, and he makes contact often. Um, I think my my at bat that I had against him, I. Threw a curveball for a strike. He took it. Um, then a changeup. He took it for a ball. Then I threw a curveball for a strike again. He took it. And then I I threw a fastball high at it at like his eyes. It was like ninety three, and he he fouled it off. Um, then I think I threw two more changeups, and he took those. One of them was like right on the black, and he took it. Um, it was probably the best changeup I've thrown in my life. And it was a ball because Josh Baez was hitting, <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, then, uh, it was three, two, um, I threw a fastball high and inside at 92, right at his hands. And he hit it off the right field wall. <laughs> it was just, I was just in awe. Like, I don't know how you, somebody that big in that, 
um, I guess, yeah, somebody that big has, you know, hands like that. And, um, yeah, it's just crazy. Baez is a freak, man. He's got tools up and down, and then he can he can do that as as Mike has eloquently described there from the pitcher's perspective. It's Baez is a pretty special talent. So yeah, for sure. You talked we talked a little bit about your evolution with, with from hockey into baseball and all that. And just listening to you talk, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of listeners at home who are like, "Wow, this kid really knows his stuff." Yada yada yada. Obviously, you're very obviously. See, I just keep saying that. Um, you're very cerebral and you have a plan. Uh, you have an approach on the mound. A lot of people talk approach at the plate, but we know how important it is to have an approach on the mound as well. How much have you learned over the past year or two? I mean, since your commitment to Michigan state to now, I've, I was going to say it didn't since your commitment from Michigan state to now, there has been a difference in your body. That much is clear. Right. Um, but it sounds like yeah. there's also been a big difference in just how much, you know, simply what you're capable of on the mound and how to go about it to the best of your ability. So, so talk about how much you've learned from that side of things. Um, yeah. So, you know, going back to, um, you know, that summer when I committed to Michigan state, um, I had absolutely no control at all. And I was just an athlete throwing the ball. I wasn't a pitcher yet. Um, I had, I threw hard and I just tried to blow it by guys. Um, you know, so, um, and I probably walked, you know, two out of the four, four hitters I'd face. Um, you know, so, um, after, after that summer ended, I was like, all right, I really got to start, um, you know, focusing on pitching and, um, and really trying to get hitters out as opposed to just throwing the baseball as hard as I can. So, um, yeah, I, I really just tried to focus on, um, in my bullpens, I would do instead of just throwing pitches, um, you know, I'd, uh, I'd do like imaginary batters per se. And I'd, uh, you know, do in game situations, um, for every pitch. And that, I think that's really helped me, um, you know, focus and execute pitches more. Michael, we talked earlier on in the conversation about what you focused on over the course of the off season, getting better. What do you think in, in kind of taking on a different perspective what do you think like the pro scouts are have wanted to see from you what do you think they're going to be looking for when they're there behind home plate for your first start um yeah i think they're going to want to see repeatability in my mechanics first of all um along with uh you know being more consistent and in, in throwing strikes uh, and i'm i think they're, they're going to want to see efficiency you know a low pitch count through uh and uh and i'm going to be able to stay in the game um, you know, for six, seven innings. Um, and then I think obviously they're going to want to see, um, some strength, um, maybe a velocity jump, but, uh, yeah, I think the the first thing is definitely going to be pitchability and execution. You talk about repeating mechanics a lot. How, you know, that's obviously something that's really important to you. Um, and is that something that I know we've gone over just the evolution and everything, but the repeating mechanics, is that something that you've spent this probably past year or two, just re- teaching your muscle memory to be um, as in sync as possible. Because what I find is that when I'm, I don't, we've gone over this before, probably both of us individually, Micah, I don't know anything about pitching. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know, I know enough yeah. about pitching to call pitches uh, hardly. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't really know anything about like what goes into a, you know, a pitcher. I'm actually getting driveline certified for, um, for pitching and all that this, this, uh, this summer just so I can learn more about it because I don't know anything. So tell me a guy who is completely ignorant to pitching, 
how important it is to have repeatable mechanics. Yeah, I mean, without repeatable mechanics, um, I think that's I think that's the main thing. Into you know, going back to what I said is you know being an athlete throwing the baseball, um, and as opposed to being a pitcher. Um, I think repeatability and mechanics help you execute pitches better and put the ball where you want to put it. And uh, in the long run, it's definitely going to help you with velocity and um, and movement for sure. And just just your stuff's going to get better. All right. Well, Micah. Big year ahead. We are extremely, uh, you know, anticipating what is going to be your 2021 season. Happy that not only you, but everybody gets a shot this year at the, uh, at this whole baseball thing. It's, I mean, it's how high school baseball thing. It seems like forever, you know, it's been nearly two years since we stepped down on a diamond. So I uh, excited to see you get after it. Uh, obviously you, uh, again, with the, obviously the alma mater, you know, wearing the double T obviously means a lot to everybody and to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, even though I have, I'm not there still to me as well. So I really hope for you guys to to do some big things. And knowing you as long as I've known you, it's been pretty crazy to see everything kind of unfold for you. Uh, so close us out here with this last remark. Are you guys going to beat Woodhaven this year? Um, you know, I, I don't know yet. Uh, I I think I know one thing. It's going to be. It's going to be one heck of a game, that's for sure. Um, you know, going up against Ryan, um, you know, it's it's he's he's an ultra competitor, and uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a fun game to uh, to play in, for sure. Um, and for those at yeah, home so who I, don't know, Ryan Chapaniak also committed to Michigan State, also a kid who's ninety plus. Uh, also a kid who's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. That game, and you said it's going to be a fun game. Anybody who's listening, if they're going to, if they're going to allow fans, and you've listened to this show and probably heard like a nauseating amount about Downriver and about Downriver baseball, and you want to see kind of what will be, I think, the best game in the league this year, go to the game where Micah and Ryan pitch against each other. That game is going to be small ball on one side and power arms on both sides and extremely competitive uh, given the, the history of those two teams and the crosstown rival and all that. So that one will be extremely fun. And uh, with that, Micah, really appreciate you coming on. Like you said, we will uh, we will be keeping an eye on you and maybe we'll be talking to you later this year again. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. Before I send you guys home, I got to talk to you one more time about Great Lakes Bat Company. These guys know what they're doing. They know what they're doing when it comes to the materials, the bats, the uniforms, the batting gloves, the custom bats, whatever it is. But really what they know is how to communicate. They know customer service. They know realistic turnaround times. They don't lie to you, folks. They get it to you when they get it to you, and they know when that's going to be, and they are very transparent about the process. But more times than not, you get your products even before then, and it's awesome. I highly recommend Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com. Right, another week, another episode. Take you guys out of here for episode, what is it, 13? Episode 13, Brian? 13. 13, man. All right. Well, yeah, 13 episodes in and another successful episode to wrap up. Again, we had on Micah Ottenbright out of Trenton, class of 2021. Draft prospect, as we mentioned. 
for those at home, a guy who's, I don't know, is he up to like 95, 96 at this point? Every every month it's something like at least like half a mile harder. So uh, Mike Ottenbright was on the show. Got a nice talk with him. And then obviously picked our, and I said obviously a lot. That's another thing. Uh, picked our state champions for the year or for our predictions. And I don't know. Shoot, man. Fun episode. Uh, it was good to get away from drafts. For a minute, just to kind of sure. come back to conversational yeah. things more so than like me sitting here saying, uh, Traverse City, East, West, North. <laughs> that was good. Uh, you know what, though? The best part about this show right now is that, that we're developing callbacks. Like we're at the point now where I can say things in episode 13 as a reference to like episode six. And uh, I know you, I don't know about the listeners at home, maybe, but I know you were on the other side, like, ha ha, yep. <laughs> that's the sure. one that's the one <laughs> so it's just good to be at that point to where we can uh we can have those moments just because um it's hilarious to me i don't know i'm one of those guys like i watched how i met your mother growing up and that's all the whole show is it's literally a show of callbacks so that's <laughs> that's kind of where i'm at uh from a baseball perspective um we're two weeks away from tryouts things are going to get going here soon I mean, shoot, or no, we're one week away, I think, at this point, because it's Monday. Yeah, yeah. I think we're one week away now. So, goodness, we are we are getting right there. We talked about the crisp weather. We talked about things getting better in the uh, around the area, just getting warmer, feeling like baseball season. Brian is in California. He also lives in Cleveland. We are covering the map, cold weather bats. Brian, where can we follow you on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I... Uh- you could follow me on Twitter at B underscore Sikowski underscore PG um, if you're interested in baseball-related tweets. <laughs> um, obviously, follow the show cross-platform at Cold Weather Bats. Um, coaches, this is kind of the uh, the last call here. This is a sound effect uh, yeah. moment, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James, fire off some kind of Jeopardy thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of the last call, like the dinner bell here. Um, we're, we want your input on the Super 25 poll. We have probably, what, 20 coaches who have expressed interest in, in being involved, and like we're ecstatic to have those 20, but we would like as many as possible. Brandon and I will be uh, distributing, like I guess, our, our personal rough drafts of this sort of thing to kind of work off of, I guess, if you want to say it like that, vote on things related to um, the individual polls that he and I create as like a starting point. Um, and aside from that, buy a hat. Buy a hat. Thank you for those. Uh, thank you to those who have purchased hats. Brandon, back to you. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback off what you said with coaches – Coaches and everybody at home, just so you guys understand what our format is here with the poll. Um, you know, in a perfect world, we have access to most coaches in the state to get the vote. So we can just pretty much go, hey, we're going to call this a coaches poll, right? Um, but rather than that, we're going to strongly consider the polls we get in from coaches for now, uh, unless we get a, just, a, just a bunch of coaches over the next week so probably like i don't know hopefully another 20 more and then we can start to maybe roll out a coach's poll but what the format is going to be at least early on is that we are going to look over all of these um all of these picks and all of these rankings from coaches i don't know why i couldn't think of the word rankings from coaches and pretty much put that down into an excel sheet 
or I, at least I am. Right. I don't know if Brian's interested in that and going to look over all of these things and kind of see like, okay, what's a common theme here? Is this team higher in most or whatever? Or is, does this guy have like a really random number one team that's not anywhere else and it's not his school like that? That's substantial, right? So we're going to certainly look into those things and strongly consider it in our process. Um, But we also each think that given the show and our responsibilities within baseball outside of the show, we have a pretty good understanding of what the state's going to look like this year. We're extremely objective. And I think, I don't think anybody can come at us for not having any objectivity. I think we have them. I literally just picked Ghost Point North to win the state championship. So if you think objectivity is not a part of the show, you are crazy. So the rankings should also reflect that. And like I said And from the jump, like episode four or five, whenever we first introduced the poll as an idea, this is going to be a first of its kind thing for coaches to kind of measure where they're at. If they're in the top 25, like, hey, you're a really good team. If you're in the top 25 in Michigan in the cold weather bats poll, like, you're a really good team. And I think if you would have been in like the M Live top 10, whatever, no discredit to M Live by any means, because I think they're doing their best to put out what they can. Right, I think it's, it's this one hopefully carries a little bit more meaning. It's a centralized, not just a divisional ranking. It's a centralized power pool with each division considered into one big pull sandwich. And I think it is something that if I'm a coach uh, of a program and I've been looking for some from recognition or maybe some um, some deserved recognition, not like entitlement, then this is a good way to get that. You know, this is another way for us to shine light on Michigan baseball. So uh, please participate. And we really hope that you guys like it uh, because we are definitely going to put a lot of energy into it. So with all that being said, and with all of the housekeeping taken care of by Brian, we'd like to please remind you to buy a hat, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at cold weather bats, follow Brian at B underscore Sikowski underscore PG. Follow me at coach underscore B justice. And lastly, buy a hat. We will see you guys next week. Take care. It's tryouts. It's tryouts. See you then.